This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. My wife was eating cereal for dinner because that's literally all we could have um, where um, revenue came in and and costs uh, trailed and you've got like five bucks left over. And we did that for a very, very long time. In the end, um, I owned 100% of the company, um, had no debt, was cash flow positive, and we were on a you know, $10 million run rate annualized. And um, the company came and bought me, which was phenomenal. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Pivotal Conversations. An absolute killer episode coming up. We are well and truly into leadership month. Today, I'm joined by Toby Skovron, who is the current CEO uh, and founder of Creative Cubes, which is this amazing space that we're in right now. Uh, But I've been lucky enough for Toby to be a mentor of mine, someone that I can lean on, conversations that I had every single week uh, for quite a while now. And he is the epitome of a leader. Uh, you know, in my eyes, he's someone who um, is completely humble. Uh, he's willing to hand the baton, and he's that kind of guy you just want to be around all the time. Um, but outside of just being a great leader, uh, he comes with a lot of wisdom and experience. Being that he has grown a startup uh, to you know selling thirty to forty million units uh, on Amazon, sold that company, and now is in another. Uh, you know another amazing company and you know there's just a lot of lessons that you can learn from a guy like this on how to scale a business how to be a great leader how to be a great father uh, and they all do cross over uh, you know really really closely Uh, so yeah as I said guys amazing episode coming up really hope you guys enjoy it Um, if you do enjoy the episode make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can listen to many more episodes and and we can keep getting absolute killers on the show that so we can create you know content that and have conversations that you know really start to change your your life and and you know your circumstance as well really hope you enjoy the episode guys and we'll see you on the other side i want to go to your first not your first but your the 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 startup which was petlu Mm -hmm. Uh, and First of all, give give people a bit of an insight into that business, how it started, how it come to fruition, and then we can kind of roll on from there. Totally. So, 03, I moved from Sydney to Melbourne, moved to a one-bedroom apartment, um, and first time out of home. And seeing my girlfriend at the time, she's now my wife and mother of my two kids, proudly, after 18 years. Can you believe she's put up with me for that long? Um, Sim said, Tobes, we just need a patch of backyard on our balcony. And uh, that was the eureka moment then. The light went on in my head. I kind of like did like a 10-year sprint of like idea going off to where it, where it kind of finishes. And then I was like, all right, day one, <laughs> let's map it. And chip, chip, chip all the way up, yeah? So... Um, Bought a dog for Sim, lived in a one-bedroom apartment. She said, Toes, we just need a patch of backyard on our balcony. And I'm not trained. I'm not educated. In fact, I dropped out of university. I did okay at school. Wasn't really interested. Um, I think school and reflection, and it's been 21 years, but I think on reflection, school failed me. I didn't fail school. Yeah, They failed to understand the mindset of the individual. And because I didn't fit into that square hole, um, 
I was, I was never going to amount to anything. Fast forward 10 years, um, Pelu, global success, like ragingly global success. Um, it was, the success was relative to what went into it, so it didn't just happen. I was poor, almost broke. Um, my wife was eating cereal for dinner because that's li literally all we could have um, where um, revenue came in and, and costs <laughs> trailed and you've got like five bucks left over. And we did that for a very, very long time. In the end, um, I owned 100% of the company, um, had no debt, was cash flow positive, and we were on a you know, $10 million run rate annualized. And um, the company came and bought me, which was phenomenal. Um, what I loved about, about that transaction was a bunch of different things. One, I was sort of free, most mm. importantly. I was free to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. I remember waking up the next day, like having received my check and literally like was employed post-transaction, but like took a week to just kind of calibrate and thaw out <laughs> after 10 years of just crazy hustle. Um, and um, I just remember like the plug just coming out. <laughs> You're right. Whoops. Um, the, club, the plug just coming out and just like sitting there like, oh, like, what, what a marathon, yeah? And, um, and, and, then, and then, you know, got a, so, so I, loved, I loved the ability. I, I loved the freedom that it created. I was less interested in the money, to be honest, and I still am not interested in money. I actually don't like money. Um, I think it brings out the wrong in people a lot more than the good. Um, but uh, I, loved, I, I love freedom. That's what I'm, that's what I'm here to play. And so that freedom was created off an idea <laughs> that was created and developed and nurtured and tended to and like almost worshipped day in, day out, yeah? Um, and the impact that we were having on a global scale with pet owners from people that lived in apartments in the snow, you know, in snowy climates to people that live on boats that want to have their pets and, and, and the elderly in mm. hospices and hospitals and um, you know people that just wanted to have a dog but just couldn't afford a big backyard for the dog to roll around in. So um, I, f I loved what we were about. Our mission was to increase animal companionship and we did that by selling dog toilets called Petlu. Uh, we made pee and poo sexy. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the grind was real. The grind was lonely. The grind was um, very isolating. Um, people around me, like my family and my friends, re really didn't understand. They love me, and there's a lot of love, but they didn't understand the trials and tribulations of an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, and so um, that sort of led me, in, led me into l leaving my spare bedroom to immersing myself into a collaborative community in Los Angeles, uh, in Santa Monica, called Rock Real Office Centers, uh, which was the old Google HQ. When Google moved from Santa Monica to Venice, the guy came in and took over and converted it to a uh, co-working space, mm -hmm. which was super cool. Um, and then I realized the power of community and being surrounded by like-minded quality people um, and how that actually helps you level up every day. Massively. You know? So, um, and that's, uh, I guess that's, that, that was so profound. Um, and I finally feel like I found my family 
away from my family because really like the reality for me anyway the reality is you're you're here hustling 12 14 16 18 hours a day whether that's healthy or not is irrelevant like we can talk about that later but like you're you're so into your craft and you're so into your business and then you come home to your family and you get you get a different level different lenses different perspective different things from your family that you don't get maybe some do i didn't get on the entrepreneurial side mm. and so um to be able to surround yourself with like-minded people all out there hustling it's quite inspiring um and so i love that i was addicted to it in the most professional and positive way and uh, so i decided when i come home from los angeles to australia i'm i'm going to develop that because that really wasn't there for me as an entrepreneur on that journey um and so I'm sure there's a lot of other Toby equivalents out there that are launching their own startups and they've got this burning desire to do something for themselves. Um, and I think community and the people that they surround themselves could make or break them. And so I want to try and enable success. And Creative Cubes today exists with its sole purpose to enable success. Let good people come into the spaces, let good people execute let them focus on what they do best and like literally we'll, we, my team and I will take care of everything else. Just provide the environment, right? And, and you know, manage it and, and that's kind of the role. It's, it's more, yeah, very simplistically, yes. But reality is when you're running a company, more often than not, you actually end up fading away from why you started the business in the first place mm. to deal with shit. <laughs> Putting out fires. Right? Lights. Power, internet, dealing with this, printer, printer ink, sh coffee in the fridge, you know, like just shit that just take. So what the world has turned to is I'm hyper-focused on my business. I'm hyper-focused on building a team and, and executing a mission and our vision. I don't give a shit about my lights and internet and all the rest of that. That's a distraction. So... Ultimately, people have outsourced that, allows them just to plug and play and go and hustle. Mm. Um, and so from that, you know, that might, that might save them an extra two hours a week of bullshit that they don't have to deal with that goes into the business that helps them, you know, over a course of a month, that's an extra eight to 10, maybe more hours that they're getting productivity out. Mm. Times that by 12 months, times that by three to five, seven, 10 years. 10 years. Right, it, boom. So... I want to go back and I think this is important because I think like it's easy to look at, you know, like an overnight success that took 10 years, that whole kind of saying, right? And I think like, you know, you talked about grinding for 10 years. What were some of the things back then, you know, throughout that 10 years that shaped you as a leader right now? Yeah. Like, because at the end of the day, like I think that a lot of the time gets lost and we deal with like a lot of, business owners that are just coming straight in, you know, like they're, they're in their infancy. They've been in business for maybe two, one to three years. Mm -hmm. And like 10 years just seems like a hard slog. But, and I think the biggest mistake that can be made is that people look at, they look at like, you know, business owners that have made it, that have, you know, had some success. And then they're like, you know, well, I want that now. So what were some of the things over that 10 year span that made you the leader you are now the the the, the you know the the person that people see yeah uh so a couple things it goes back to my roots yeah i love basketball i 
I love everything about basketball. I love the athleticism. I love the camaraderie. I love the show. I love the craft. I love the fundamentals. Um, and so in order to win championships, you have to have everything lined up properly mm. and everyone dialed in. So really at a very, very, very young age, I got into really competitive basketball. Um, I went and played in the US for a period of time um, and really run my companies like a basketball team, yeah. fundamentally, mm. yeah? So, so I really draw my knowledge and inspiration from the basketball environment. Um, I also, also draw a lot of culture from basketball, um, hip hop, R&B, um, and, and a, a lot of that is, is definitely, in, in, not impregnated, it's like ingrained in who I am as a human being. And so um, I think that that's my lens on everything, yeah? So you look at Michael Jordan growing up as a kid and his competitiveness and his will to win. Um, he didn't just show up, yeah? He didn't just show up, lights go on and he sinks some hoops and, and walked away. It was, it was, no one's awake. You, you know, you, I, I got to spend some time with the late Kobe Bryant when he was here in Melbourne and he was telling me, Toby, I was on the track at 3, 3.30 in the morning, right? Getting my laps in, building on my cardio, doing all of the stuff and then go to practice, mm -hmm. yeah? So that mindset is, is my, my DNA, yeah? It shaped me as a young kid um, all the way, I'm now 40, 41 this year um, and so I lean on that. The next thing I lean on is the team aspect. The team, I'm not, I'm not interested in individual sports. I'm not interested in being the hero on the squad. I'm actually happy and content in my own skin to sit on the bench if my teammates are lighting it up, yeah? Um, I don't hire good people to tell them what to do. Mm. I hire good, great talent so they can tell me what, what I need to know in order to be better, yeah? And, and, and tell me what I need to do. Um, and so um, I think that the, the most wonderful thing, if I can get as pretty as that in business, is enabling good, talented people to take on um, a piece of the bag, a corner of the bag or whatever it is, and carry that themselves and put themselves in the business as well. And, you know, many hands creates a light load. Um, and so I don't need to be the hero on the squad. Um, I'm very, very happy and actually sometimes the biggest cheerleader on the team because the talent I surround myself with is elite and, um, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. I can get my, get my points, I can play my important role on the team, but I'm also happy to come off, come and sit on the bench. I'm, you know, some days you have your off days I'm happy to sort of not suit up at all and, and give someone else an opportunity to take the lead. Um, there's a lot of trust in that, but that's inherently who I am because of the environment that I grew up playing competitive basketball. Um, you've got to trust the process. You've got to pass the ball to that person. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption. It's Kyle. I just wanted to jump on here and remind you guys that every single month, the podcast is going to be running a competition on behalf of Elite Vitality Business School where we are offering you a spot into our newest course, the Diploma of Fitness Business. Now, all you have to do is take a photo of the episode that you're listening to, 
give myself a tag, give Reese Livingston a tag, and give Pivotal Conversations a tag, and tell us exactly what you're loving about the episode that you're listening to, or your biggest learning. And that'll go into our inbox, and then every single month we're going to be drawing a winner and giving away a spot into the next intake of the course. Back to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, in the post, if you think he's he's going to dominate that that uh, his opponent or kick it out to the wing to a sharpshooter, like I don't need to be scoring the fifty points every night to get us the win. I'll play my role and I'll lead. But it's important to understand where you can pass the ball, fade to the back, be out front, communicate. All those things come into running what I think is a successful business. Yeah. The one thing that comes to mind when you say that is like knowing the moment. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's the one thing that, you know, if I'm going to be honest, like when I, you know, and I notice you and I know I kind of, this is just the type of person I am. Like I don't look at, I look at how people behave and that's like how I learn. Like I don't look at what you say mm-hmm. or listen to what you say. I do listen to what you say, but I more look at what you do and I, that's how I learn. And the one thing that I've noticed about yourself is like your ability to actually let your team do their, do the, play their role yep. and, and like instead of taking over. And, and that's probably one of the hardest things even for myself is like being a leader of a company. It's like, you know, what got me to where I am today is my hustle. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, and I can lean on that whenever I need it. Totally. But knowing the moment and, and in that moment, am I the right guy to be scoring right now? Or is do I need to hand this off to someone? Correct. And that's like the heart. I reckon that's hands down the hardest thing. It is, but it's the only way to scale. Mm. Yeah. So a lot of companies like, oh, we'll just rely on the technology to scale and our customers will have a great experience with that. Yeah, that's a that's a point in a business. Um, you know, you hear of some of these tech businesses where they've got millions, if not billions, of users, um, and they're scaling. But but when you're not in that environment, when you're not a tech business, how do you efficiently scale your business? Mm-hmm. Um, and the reality is, Carl, like you know, today I sit as the CEO of Creative Cubes, proud co-founder with my my teammates. Um, there were two real fundamental important pieces for me. One, I didn't want to own the whole company by myself. I'm a, I'm a team player. So I'm happy to dilute myself down to bring on the right talent to execute. And I think I've done that exceptionally well because the talent that we have is, is out of this world, in my opinion. Um, the, nec- the next part of it is that when you give someone, not give, I don't like entitlement, but when you trust in someone's ability to go and execute there's a whole new forget about cap tables there's a whole new level of ownership yeah Mm -hmm. so some of the stuff that goes on here you know you have anna in on communications i started the business and i still sit today in the marketing seat as the ceo but i'm also in the marketing seat we are hiring at the moment if anyone's out there um a marketing director but I've got us to here and now talk about the moment. We're starting to get into deep waters where I feel genuinely that I need to bring someone into that seat because this is more now academic than it is entrepreneurial. And the errors that can be made as we go deeper into the water and as this business becomes serious business, it's, it's, got, it's, it's there, it's, it's heading in that right direction. It now becomes very academic. You know, we just recruited a financial accountant, George 
was sitting in that seat, much like I'm sitting in the uh, marketing seat, George is sitting in the finance seat. He's, he's, a, he's elite in finance, but, but he's not a financial accountant. Mm. So now we've got Will, Fernando, who's joined the organization and Will is academic, yeah, in this space. So he's able to take the, the, the core of what we do and smooth it out and refine it and make it really neat and professional. And so talking about you know, reflecting back on the moment, I think I'm getting to a point where the marketing side of things is becoming really academic. And while I love brand mission vision, it's what my purpose is in getting out of bed. Um, I've got to now move to the CEO role and a permanent and put some talent in there because they're going to do a hell of a lot better job than I can. You're going from the star player to the coach, right? Like it's <laughs> sort of. I still want to be. I still want to suit up and play. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't want to control, but I want to contribute. And I know the moment. My moment is almost sunsetting on me a little bit in that marketing seat because I'm not trained. I haven't. I'm not educated in the 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 academic or the academia of marketing right and so as this organization gets big we're serving over a thousand businesses today we're about to open location four five six and seven um i think i need someone that's elite my own, their own my own need our own michael jordan in that role in that department um and so i recognize that moment and I'll continue to shoulder it because that's what entrepreneurs do. But I'm not God's gift to marketing. I'm not God's gift to this world. Uh, I know my I know my position, and I'm totally comfortable in it. No ego, just get shit done. What's your advice then for someone who transitions? Like they're going from that transition where, you know, we talked. I said it before, right? Like I I know what what got me to where I am because of the hustle that I put in, and I can lean on that. Mm-hmm. But what's your advice to someone who is gone, you know, potentially at that point where they've hustled, they've got their business to this point where um, it now needs to become bigger than just their hustle. Yeah. And, and, you know, how do you make that transition to understanding how to hire, to starting to give that trust and responsibility to that person? You know, is there a transitional period there where you have to still take the lead and then hand the baton? Do you give them the responsibility straight away? Like, how does, as a leader, do you attack that situation? Yeah, so I'd love to pick up where you left off, but I actually want to shift gears on you a little bit. I sold Petlu because it became too big for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the business became and is a, a, a juggernaut. There was so much demand for the prop product, but I didn't have systems, processes, inventory, uh, supply chain management, all of the really important things to in order to compete at that level. Yeah, when you're supplying Petco, PetSmart, Amazon, SkyMall, Frontgate, and they penalize you for being late, I outsourced my logistics business. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like supply chain demand, um, having enough inventory on hand to support means really came down to cash flow, and the business was just accelerating at such a rapid rate that my reality was this is too big for me. This is too big for me. I need to either take on debt. I need to get an investor. But then I potentially am shifting the problem because I'm not experienced. I'm not experienced in supply chain management. I've got a product that's going gangbusters. Great, great problem. But the word problem still exists, yeah? Mm. So it's not great. It's great problem. 
And so one of the reasons why I sold the company was I felt that it was way, way too big for me. Um, I had too much on my shoulders. Um, I couldn't scale as fast as I wanted because I was limited by how much cash I had on hand, which, which, was, which was okay, but I still didn't have enough money to eat <laughs> mm. and put a roof over my head. And there was times where, you know, I'd dance, dance with the devil a little bit in terms of bullshitting some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah checks in the mail. I'm like, fuck, I've got to get the receivable in because the mail, it's like I've lied. Um, and that's not a great feeling. I never want to ever do that again. But, but I think that's, I think, I think in a very roundabout way, I've kind of answered your question, which was I recognized in the moment that in order for Petlu to continue to grow at the rate that it needs to grow at, it needs to be under someone else's hands. And so I was very lucky enough to plug it into one of the best companies in the sector um, or industry that was involved in multiple sectors and they wanted to build a pet waste management division and Petlu was the sort of cornerstone for that, mm. for that SBU, Strategic Business Unit. Um, and then I proudly joined the company uh, post-acquisition um, because I still loved what I was doing. I just wasn't able to feed the baby everything that it needed. Um, and so I think, Kyle, in summary, um, failure is very humbling, yeah? So I, my failure was, a, I was failing forward in a very positive way because the product was going bananas, but I was still failing. I was out of my depth. Um, I was, it was way more sophisticated than me and I needed to check my ego and mm. say, you're not the fucking man, right? This thing's bigger than you, know your position. And I exited. Now I exited really successfully. It wasn't a fire sale, yeah? I did exceptionally well for myself and a lot of those, actually all of those funds have powered Creative Cubes to where it is today. Um, but the, the, I think the point is that ego fucks a lot of things up, yeah? And I think there's a lot of people that think their shit don't stink. My shit stinks real bad, yeah? <laughs> uh, on the surface, I'm very graceful and very gracious. Um, beneath the surface, I'm paddling like a motherfucker, like a duck, yeah? And a lot of people don't see beneath the surface. In fact, I sent Will um, a, a, uh, an Instagram image that showed up on my feed the other day, which was, it was a tapestry image. And it was like, on the surface, look how beautiful this tapestry is. But then you go behind it and it's fucking messed up. I'm not sure if this is appropriate, but I'll just show you so you've got a visual on it. Um, I said to him, you know, the front looks gracious, but the back is all, all messed up. A lot of people don't see the back. Mm. A lot of people don't see beneath the surface. A lot of people just look at the superficial things. And I think that uh, humility is very, very, very important ingredient to success. Um, and I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin because I've got a loving family. I, it doesn't matter what happens on the court. I go home to a loving wife who actually thinks my shit don't stink, but will absolutely tell me if it does. Yeah. You know, and I've got my kids that look up to me and, um, and I'm always trying to lead by example. Um, and um, what, I, what does that mean to you? What is lead? Because like that's something that honestly, if I was to sum you up in, in a sentence... It's lead by example. Totally. Yeah. Um, so uh, lead by example. So my, my kids, Maddie, who's nine, um, who's actually on a, sh a shoot today. She, she won a, a big contract with uh, Chemist Warehouse. So you'll see her on some television ads. Um, and that's all driven by her. I'm not here trying to be a, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, star child parent. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I couldn't care less about that. Um, I care about her wanting to, I care about trying to support what she wants to do, not tell her what to do. But my daughters and I, Maddie, nine, Harper, six, we talk about leadership versus being a boss. And they understand that a leader is in there rolling their sleeves up with the people and a boss is dictating to the people. Mm. In fact, I've got a friend who uh, was coming to town and um, he, he's, he's, a, he's the CEO of an organization, and, but he's not the owner. And so uh, I'm the CEO of, the organ- of an organization and, and a co-founder, yeah. Um, this p- specific individual uh, was a CEO, but actually, so I said to my daughters, by mistake, I said, oh, yeah, Bill, yeah, he's the boss of this company. And, she's, and my kids are like, ugh. <laughs> I could think of no worse per- play, place to be. I was like, what do you mean? Like, and I, I realized like, they're, they're absorbing everything I'm saying. They're like, yeah. well, Dad, you told us it's better to be a leader than a boss. And like, we don't have these conversations all night, every night. This is like a throwaway conversation. When someone introduced me, oh, this is the boss of Creative Cubes. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 I'm your teammate or I'm, I'm the leader. I'm, I'm not the boss, yeah? And I think my kids overheard that and then asked the question and I gave them that throwaway line maybe two years ago. Mm. And then coincidentally, two years later, it comes up and they're like, ugh, I'd never want to be a boss. I want to be a leader. I want to be with the people. I want to be helping the people. I want to lead by example. And so what does lead by example? It's, um, for me, it's where the rubber hits the road. It's where the bullshit kind of stops and the real talk walks, yeah? Um, and so I want, I want to, if, if all else fails, I want to be a guy that's recognized that he backed himself and he won or he lost, but he backed himself. And when push came to shove, he never, he never went dirty. He never went rogue. He accepted the, the outcome or accepted the failure or accepted whatever the situation was for good or for bad. Mm. Um, but didn't didn't turn feral, um, and maintained, you know, values and virtues and um, integrity, and accepts defeat. Um, that doesn't ha- happen often, quite honestly. But it happens. I'm I'm not immune. Yeah. So, um, just constantly being out there, out in front, being around the people. Uh, I don't like pressing buttons from from a from an ivory tower. I prefer to be on the street listening and feeling the heartbeat, living the energy. Mm. Um, And the reality is, man, like I'm not, I don't feel like I'm here for me. I feel like I'm here as an entrepreneur for the people. And I've been there. I've got the war wounds. Um, I saw your your hoodie before. It spoke to me. Uh, Scars build thrones. Yeah. That's real. Yeah. That's a a really strong message. I, I love it. And that's reality. And... You should proudly wear those scars, those battle scars, you know, battle, battle-tested scars uh, with pride. Um, and if you think or you have a perception that all the successful guys just kind of walk up or, you know, have late lunches, get out of bed late, have late lunches and answer a few emails and collect some checks, like, unfortunately, that's like the furthest thing from what I do. Uh, I'm up at four in the morning. Uh, it used to be 4.44. It's now 4.04. Uh, I'm in the gym at five, train my ass off at Orange Theory, which I'm wildly passionate about. Um, get it done within that hour. Upstairs to Creative Cubes, have a shower. And I'm at my desk hustling at 6.30, clearing my inbox, trying to get shit done by sort of like 9.30, 10. 
and then just be available for people that want to communicate with you between sort of 10 and 6 um, meetings be around my team always asking my team is there anything you need is there anything I can help you with anything you need support on um, and and just just being there as as a as a leader and a support system for them um, and then backing it up five days a week 4.33 weeks a month you know 365 like just all in and if I miss if I miss a day, I'm out of sync of the process. Um, it, it throws a lot of other things out the window. So uh, I'm unconditionally committed to the mission. Um, and in order for me to be able to execute that mission with success, I can't walk away in 12 months time and go, it failed because I didn't give it my everything. It failed for because of COVID. It failed because something out of my ability but while it's in my ability i'm like I like leave no stone unturned and it's tough man because i got kids so i got to juggle them i've got a wife i've got family and all those things come with their own dynamics and their own problems and their own everythings um and um, i've got to be equally if not more committed to that side of the of the gym as I am this side of the gym. So uh, it's it's tough, but fuck, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. I think it talks to like, you know, a great entrepreneur really does fall in love with the process. And and I mean, that, that's not just an entrepreneur. That's, that's kind of anything you do in life. Like being like, and I'm not a father yet, but I, you know, this is something I look forward to massively. Like I just can't wait for it to happen. Because I know that I'll fall in love with that process too. And it's like, I think that's a, a really big message as a leader. You know, we have to have outcomes like because that's what creates direction for us. But falling in love with the process with anything you do is what makes you great at it. And like you said before, understanding that in any moment, as long as you're doing what you need to do and you're putting your, your best foot forward in the process of anything, that is... Like, and that's the way I think about it, right? It's like, for me, it's like, I just want to get to, like, if when I'm 60 or 70, like, I just want to turn, I just want to be able to, like, maybe tell my grandkids that, like, hey, I did everything I fucking could. Yep. Like, in everything that I do. Like, you know, sometimes I was, sometimes I sucked. Sometimes I wasn't good. Sometimes I didn't get up when I needed to get up. Sometimes I didn't put 100% into that workout, but I was there. Mm -hmm. And, like, I did my best and like a lot of it is, is like, and I, you know, you get caught up a lot of the times as well, right? Like we can't shy away from that. Like myself is like, you know, when you're in the business and you really care about it, you can get so caught up in that outcome. And then a lot of like, a lot of what grounds me is just getting back to, okay, like you got to remember you are choosing to do this Mm -hmm. and you actually love this Mm -hmm. and, and fall in love with that process because that's what allows you to, both lead the people around you but be that energy that other people need and that is that's success in a nutshell like you know at the end of the day success is a transfer of energy people deem you know like people will pay you people will want to be around you people will want to work for you you know if that energy and the energy you give to them is through the roof I agree there's a couple of really important double clicks there one is if it doesn't get you out of bed in the morning you're not doing what you love mm. yeah um the process 
has to be recognized, but the purpose is why you're there. So um, with love and respect, I don't love process at all, but George, Gab, Shade, fuck, they thrive in, in a process. Mm. So in order to help them succeed, we have to create process. For me, I'm a brand mission vision guy. And a lot of that, like, you know, Will and I went out for dinner last night and um, we talked a lot about the finances and stuff. I'm like, mate, like my gut says this. And he's like, okay, Toby, but like, how do I, how does that work on a spreadsheet? Yeah, I, I need that. Um, I get out of bed because I have purpose. Process helps scale and helps others live in a not a chaotic environment yeah mm. so as an entrepreneur as a business founder as an owner as someone that's just got an idea you're scattered and all over the place yeah uh, and over time and with a few gray hairs that becomes refined and you can really just nail with two sentences an icon what everything is mm. but a lot of people can't live in that world and a lot of people thrive. Like I remember becoming a father, something you'll definitely, uh, something definitely you'll look forward to, or something you'll recognize and, and appreciate, is when Maddie was born. Man, I wasn't trained in how to be a father. In fact, I didn't even have a father. My dad passed when I was young, and so I I made a commitment that I wanted to give her everything that I didn't have, mm. and where she thrived was she'd wake up at six in the morning. This is when she's a real baby. Wakes up at six in the morning, plays and does some stuff in the morning and then goes back to sleep at 11, sleeps till one or two, then wakes up and does something else. And then slowly, slowly, she's just in this pattern, yeah? And while Maddie was stayed in that pattern, i.e., hey, let's go to New York for the week. Okay, but we got to fly during this time because... That's when Maddie will be asleep. We don't want her all over the place. On the, yeah, so long as we recognized how she thrived, life's pretty good, man. It's so, like, I, like she couldn't talk. All she did was uh, eat, sleep, and poop. And so long as I kept her in that routine, I didn't have a, I didn't have a problematic child. You take the child out and you doesn't get to sleep on time or you're out and about and you're not focused on what their needs are and how they thrive. You end up with a chaotic home. Repeated that with Harper. And then I like really just dawned on me like, fuck, this is an ingredient for success in business. Mm. If I can, if everyone on my team knows where the ball is at, at certain times of the day, um, then, and they have a process when the ball comes their way, then, then they're going to succeed as well. So um, you have to love it. Um, it doesn't have to be your purpose, but you have to love it. And it's, a, it's an integral piece in order to keep the boat above the water, yeah? Mm. Because without it, you're in flux and chaos and therefore anyone that's on your team is feeling the same way and because they're not an owner and because they not necessarily have that upside other than a great environment and, and a great income, you know, their attention and energy can be bought by somebody else. Mm. Um, and so that purpose, that process... Um, you know, we have the happiness team here, that happiness and joy from from what we're doing because of the mission and the vision is really, really important. But if that mission and vision is just in total chaos 
all day every day you're going to burn people out mm. and because they're not invested in the business like you are um it is a salary for them um it's going to be short-lived mm. so for me i was happy to give up equity i was happy to create process and help make sure that they were happy in their roles and they're thriving and then very frequently shada and i will throw in you know education um and courses and um mindfulness stuff that helps elevate them and i said yes like we have this we have a program here we run once a month called inside the cube which is basically as uh, all teams all hands town hall mm. uh, and we just go to a location book out the event space and get gather um and last night at inside i just we're, we're wanting to do a uh, a course with the wider team leadership team has just done it it's phenomenal um uh, sabers and saboteurs it's patient quotient patient quotient pq and iq pq versus iq um and uh we came out of it like like wow and so i turned to the team and said guys i just want to make you better than you were the day you joined us mm. and i want to make you better today than you were yesterday but not as as good as i'm going to make you tomorrow right so please just lean in and just trust that it's going to help you and if one day you decide that you're going to leave the organization, I want to make sure that you leave better than they came in. Mm. Um, and everyone's about it. Everyone's about it. It's about, you know, leaning in that culture. They feel like they belong. Um, and if they don't, I make massive effort to make sure they do feel like they belong. And that's not just like rubbing their shoulders and telling them great things, but actually giving them a level of ownership in their role and their position in the organization. And my role, even though it's quite interesting, the org chart is CEO down. I've actually turned our org chart upside down. I go, my people are the most important things to me. And I'm going to sit down here in the weeds and in the sewerage, and I'm just going to help lift you up mm -hmm. all the way. Not talk down to you, but actually look up and talk up to you, yeah? And I think that that psychology, although I, I am 100% genuine and authentic in my position towards that, that psychology uh, is, is really, really powerful um, in, in scaling and, and having an organization thrive. There is so much there. I think if you're a business owner and you are wanting to be to scale your business and become a leader, this episode is absolutely everything you need to know. Um, and and just the lessons from experience. This isn't just talking about the concepts and and the the kind of academia. It's the experience and the wisdom that comes from scaling a business. So we're going to wrap it up because I know you've got a big day. Yeah, I do. Um, but so grateful to be here. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I do, like, there's a lot of things moving, but I, I, on reflection, I don't need a pat on the back. I was, I'm all in on this. Yeah. Even though once I leave this, this room, I've got to go fucking flat chat, <laughs> red line for the rest yeah. of the day. But um, I appreciate you. I really value the relationship we have. I really value the, you know, the fleeting moments that we get when we pass each other, whether it's in the kitchen or sitting out in a breakout space. I think you're doing some amazing stuff. I love what you're doing on Instagram. You know, I find it very motivational um, and, and quite inspiring. And so while the audience may feel like this is a one-way street, you know, me coming in to provide inspiration for you, the reality is I'm here because I'm inspired by you. I'm here because I look up to you. I think what you're doing is fantastic. 
I'm glad that our paths have crossed. I'm confident that there'll be more for us to do together in the future. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if I have a split second for that to be able to be achieved, but I'm glad you're here. Mm. I think we're better as a community because you're here um, and your, your presence is, is highly, highly valued by me. So thank you for the opportunity and uh, keep, keep going, man. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. you. Good luck today. Thank you so much. Yes. All right, guys, wrapping it up. Uh, Amazing episode. Uh, I hope you had the notebook out and we will see you next week. I just want to say a big thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the show. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, feel free to share us, share the episode with your friends and family, and feel free to leave us a review as well. Uh, you know, we all the support that we get for the for the show, and especially now that we've revamped it, uh, we're trying to bring something that's got a little bit more value. It's definitely appreciated. And if you have a question uh, for strategy sessions next week, you want us to take a bit of a deep dive and help you work through some of the roadblocks in your business, or you just want some help creating some winning strategy, you can shoot me an email at kyle at elitevitalitycoaching.com. But I'll leave it there. Until next week, stay safe, stay stay healthy, uh, and I'll see you on the other side.